and we'll get you guys started. All right. Uh, we are in the 11th parak of Messias Yisharim. If you're following on the text in the Feldheim, it's page Ayin Aleph, page 71, at the bottom. And again, what we've been doing, what we've been talking about, is this Midah of Nikias. We're going to spend two more weeks on the 11th parak. As we said, it's, it's really pretty long. Um, the uh, Basically, we're talking about rationalizing uh, and the Midah that a person has uh, to rationalize and be what's called Moraheter, but to kind of decide that something is mutter for themselves uh, because, uh, you know, they have a certain personal vested interest uh, in making it mutter. So we've been talking about a lot of different halachos. We're talking about uh, arayos. Uh, we talked about theft. Uh, we talked about, last week, we talked about machal uh, zasudos, different types of kashros, uh, and socially other things, you know, in terms of speaking to other people. So here the Ramachal is going to continue in that, in that vein. Right, and at the bottom of page Ayin Aleph, he continues, and he talks about Lashon Hara and Rechilus. That he says that everybody knows. Again, it's similar to all the other Yisurim, right? We started with the construct, right? That, for example, the, the main Yisurim, let's say by, by Arayos and by theft, everybody knows to highway robbery is Osir. But to steal a little time from your employer, not really. Such a, you know, people don't pay, pay attention to that. People very much will rationalize that. So same thing by, by Lashon Hara and Rechilus. Um, and by all the other things he's going to talk about, right? He says that Lashon Hara, everybody knows. That, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said about so-and-so? Obviously, people know that that already is, uh, Baruch Hashem, we know. We're up to the point where we know that that's Lashon Hara. But Avak Lashon Hara, as he said, is uh, something that people are not necessarily careful of, right? As the Gemara said above Basri, we quoted it before, that everybody violates Avak Lashon Hara. Just to give another example, right? Avak Lashon Hara, well, the Ramchal himself gives an example, is that someone says, uh, where can I find a fire to cook my food? Back in the day, it wasn't so easy to find an oven. Where can I find my fire? Oh, oh so-and-so, that family, they always have a fire on. So that could be taken in a very nice way, that they're always doing Echnas Orchim, or they could, that could imply that they're, you know, they always are eating, they're a little bit, they're fat, or maybe you could even damage that person's reputation right, because people will now always go to them and maybe it will be a burden and maybe they can have guests, but they can't have too many guests. Meaning something that will, even though your intentions aren't bad, right, Rechilus is subjective. Anything that can cause someone else to be damaged or embarrassed from your speech, even though you're trying to say something very nice, right, that's a vak Lashon Hara. Right? Again, as Gemara says over there, anybody who speaks Lashon Hara is, is, is as if a Kofor Baker, right, uh, right, as, as the Ramchal says, if you flip the page on page Ayat Beis, Kol Dibrish Yocholi Valid Bimenu Nezek Obizor Lechavero, any speech that could theoretically create, literally could give birth to something that damages or embarrasses your friend, whether they're standing in front of you or not, that's included in Lashon Hara, which a Kosh Baruch Hu hates. Uh, which, the, you know, Lashon Hara, as it quotes, it quotes already the Gemara, that says, someone says Lashon Hara is like he's Kofor Be'ikr. How does that work? That a person is uh, is not Bikoris, because they say Lashon Hara. So Rav Miller, Rav Miller again, who I, who I learned the the, uh, the Mises Yisharim by, so he said that the Ramban says at the end of Parsha's bow, Right, that the whole purpose of the Torah is lieda Lioda. The purpose of creation is to recognize a Kosh Baruch Hu and to give thanks for him. And a Kosh Baruch Hu says, "Listen, I created all of these human beings. Right, there are five sets, not five sets, but five. The one side of the series uh, dibros, right, is five dibros that are dedicated to Bidan Lachavero. And when you damage your friend, when you damage another human Kosh Baruch Hu's creation, so." That's undermining what a Kosh Baruch Hu wanted. That's the Kfira. You're being Kofor Baker. Kosh Baruch Hu wanted us to be good to our fellow man, and we're not being that. 
So a person has to realize that they're responsible for whatever comes uh, out of your mouth. Now, yeah, yes, it does seem like we're always mentioning that, uh, but it requires constant chizuk, just like the Rebbe Chal himself wrote at the beginning of the Mesil Zisharim, right? You have to remember and always mention because we're always talking and we're always chattering and we're always typing and we're always texting and whatever. And we have to realize that our speech and our actions right, in this area have uh, have real consequences and you have to be careful. Okay, moving on. Again, talking about different different things that we may rationalize and therefore will require the mida of Nikios of making sure we don't rationalize, right? Again, to define Nikios, Nikios means to rise above a personal vested interest in the topic at hand and view the situation as if you're a third party hovering over overhead uh so again moving on in, in the social realm right he talk, starts talking about sinna and nakama which is hatred uh and taking revenge right that's also rationalized a person thinks that if someone does something bad to you so a person thinks they deserve what i'm about to do to them right they they deserve this this sweet revenge which i'm about to take but that's also right as he says right it, it's uh, even though nakama is matuka midvash even though revenge is sweet just like certain candies are sweet but certain candies are trafe, right? A person has to rise above themselves, right? Even though it's tremendously difficult, right? Whoever is strong is over, able to overcome their nature and their Yitzhahara. But that's all of Judaism, right? No one said it's supposed to be easy, right? It says the Ramchal in that paragraph, right? Fascinating. Again, we unfortunately kind of like, unfortunately drift towards like the halachos and the midos that are easy for us to accomplish. And there's something to be said for that. That a person should definitely accomplish religiously in their lives, and whatever comes easier to you, to themselves to them, right, you should definitely check off the box. But some things are a lot harder, right? And and the Ramchal himself writes, if if I'm in the middle of the paragraph, Chazak uh, v'Amitz, right? Be be strong, Vukal This is only easy for angels. They don't have these uh, humanly characteristics. Omnam, however, right? It's tough, but. Kosh said, this is what you got to do, and this is why I created you. Right? Even though a person has a natural inclination towards this, a person rationalizes that they're just reacting. Right? When we react with hatred and revenge or whatever, I'm just reacting. What do you mean? It's natural for me to hate someone who's mean to me. Yeah, okay, but we're, Kosh Baruch wants us to react in a different way. Right? If someone does something wrong to you, instead of hating the person, so you should try and feel that this, is a, this person is a nebuch. So you should feel bad for someone who's lashing out because clearly they're in a bad place, and the only reason they're lashing out at you is because they're having difficulty in their lives. Again, yes, it's very, very extremely difficult, but the psukim are clear. He quotes them here at the end of the paragraph. Don't hate your friend. Don't hate your Jew, a fellow Jew. Don't take, don't take revenge. It may be even harder. Don't harbor a grudge. Right? Don't, a person's not allowed to, take, to, to, to have a grudge. And that's hard. That's really tough. Right? It's natural to feel wronged and slighted and insulted. But these are certain the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, try to rise above. Now, the two ways that you can rise above, right, that, that uh, Rav Miller gave Eitzah, uh, uh, and the Ramchal also, does he mention it? Yeah, it's sort of. Okay, as you just mentioned outside. Uh, either you could try and take a deep breath and say, okay, Hashem said no. Right? That's kind of harder. Um, that's hard to do, right? Even though, you know, we want to do X and the Kosh Barco says, no, you're not allowed to do X. And so we rise above that. Okay. Another way, the there's a mushal in Yerushalmi, which is, I don't think it's mentioned here. I'm just like kind of skimming the text for it. I don't think it mentions it here. But if Miller mentioned, there's a mushal of Yerushalmi that let's say you're cutting vegetables and you accidentally cut your finger, 
So obviously you would never ever think to cut your other hand, the hand that actually cut your finger, right? Or, you know, to cut your hand off for punishing it for cutting your finger, right? That's ridiculous. So in a sense, we have to view Am Yisrael as one complete body. Right? The same thing over here. If you take vengeance on another Jew, you're basically punching yourself in the face. Right? Now, yes, it's extremely hard to internalize this idea in the moment, but as we mentioned before, it's, it's, if you work on it before the moment arises, so then you're able to deal with it differently. Right? When you're stuck in it and someone, I don't know, someone uh, damages something or, or says something mean to you or whatever, so in the moment it's very hard. But if you work on these ideas, and Akash Baruch Hu said X, Y, and Z, you're not allowed to do it. If you work on that beforehand, so then maybe you can respond appropriately right, when these situations Right. It says Ramchal, continuing on a little bit, that the Yitzhahara tries, and you, very often I find myself doing this for sure, and, and not even unconsciously, subconsciously, but he said that Ramchal here writes in, in, in this paragraph and the next paragraph as well, that it's a trick of the Yitzhahara to keep alive some remembrance and some semblance of what happened. Right? Do you ever have yourself like kind of spacing out and all of a sudden you remember something that someone did to you like years ago? Like that's the Yitzhahara. That's pure, unadulterated Yitzhahara. There's no reason for you to be remembering this. It's literally five years ago. It's not even, didn't even happen here. It happened somewhere else in a completely different context. You're not even thinking about it. It just pops into your head. That's the Yitzhahara, right? So the Yitzhahara is doing that so you can keep up the flames and the fire of hate and keep up the grudge. Uh, and this is the and you may not take revenge, but you maybe you won't be nice to that person, and you'll hold a grudge. And okay, I'll be nice to them begrudgingly, right? There's a phrase begrudgingly. I'll begrudgingly be nice to them, right? Okay, I'll be her friend, but I won't be nice to her because what she did to me, X, Y, and Z. This is all the Yitzhahara. Right? All of this is the Yitzhahara trying to point out that someone else did something wrong to you, and you think the only way to let. And maybe you'll be like, this is also the Ramchal writes. It's so true. You. You're, you're trying to subtly let them know that what they did was wrong and that you still remember it, right? Like, so, okay, so you won't be as nice to them as you used to be. And you'll kind of be like, you'll give them a little bit of a cold shoulder and uh, then they'll wonder what's the problem and then you'll just kind of throw out a casually, throw out a, a, a remark, oh, because you did this, blue, blah, blah, blah. That's the Yitzhahara. That's the Cesar Amchal. That's the Yitzhahara. Keeping it alive inside of us and, and changing the way we relate to people because of something they did, that's the Yitzhahara, right? We have a mitzvah of after the Recha Kamocha, mamish, that you have to love your friend like yourself and if a per- person hurt you, you have to forget it. And it, Maybe they're in a bad mood, maybe they're in a bad place, and I'll prove to you that it's possible because there, everybody has has one or two or five or ten people who they're really close to. And you know that as, as a best friend, sibling, spouse, whatever it is, if they did something to hurt you, you would write it off. And you would be down the kafskos ad absurdum. So Kosh Baruch wants you to take that, which we do already with a couple of people, for sure we do, and extend that to everybody. Right? Is it easy? No. And uh, no one said it would be easy. And, but there Amchal says, that's the issue of taking revenge, revenge and holding a grudge. It's not supposed to be easy. But this is what we're, uh, we're trying to do and trying to overcome these individual natias, these individual feelings. And, uh, and he says, as he finishes off this uh, first paragraph on page Ayin Gimel, right? After the Rechel Kamocha, Mamash, right? Literally, love your fellow like yourself, Mamash. Without any distinctions, without anything else, without any differences, mamish, right? Mamish like yourself. Okay. Uh, he moves on to the, to, to the realm of shvuos, of taking oaths, uh, the Ramchal does, because 
while you know people may know that uh, they shouldn't take an oath, I swear by God's name that I will blah 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 tomorrow. Okay, people don't do that. Um, but uh, and even though people are perhaps aware of you know the the consequences of using you know it's one of the one of the big one of the Sarasadibros. Rambam writes already the consequences of someone's Motsishim Shemaim Navatala swears in God's name. But even without the formula of a shvua, right, a person's commitment is a form of shvua. Person's word is his word. It's as if you're bringing Kosh Baruch into, into the picture. Right? A Jew is expected to keep his or her word. Right? Along the same vein, right? lying right, is, is a is a holy ra. Right? Fascinating how we, how we, how we, uh, if you turn the page. Uh, where is that? No. Yeah, on the first paragraph on page Ayn David, Dvar Shekhar Hu Choli Ra. That lying, right, if a person commits to doing X, Y, and Z, uh, whether it's a job or a favor or whatever, uh, and then, you know, they don't really keep their word. It's a, it's a, a bit of Shekhar, right? There definitely there's an aspect of Shekhar there. Fascinating how he calls it a Choli, a sickness. But I would imagine that that's why uh, the reason why the Ramchal calls lying a sickness is because it's never just a lie, right? Just like a sickness, it spreads and it spreads. It's never a single lie that a person tells. And inevitably, a person tells a lie, and then they have to back it up and back it up, and it's a lie upon lie. And it's never just that little little white lie that you said. Um, uh, and even and, and that's also like violating Yeshua as a form of lying. And he says, even though there are most people are not habitual liars, although those people do exist, obviously. Um, most of us are not, Baruch Hashem, but all of us do lie in a certain sense because all of us, says Ramchal, all of us exaggerate. And for many of us, that's second nature. It's almost expected, now, certainly nowadays, right, when you're telling a story, right, everybody expects almost some form of good exaggeration just to make the story better, right, just to make the joke a little funnier, just to make the inspiration a little more. So that's also lying. That's also Midvar Shekhar Tirchak that you have to you have to run away from. And it says Ramchal in the next paragraph, there's even another category that's even more common. Right? People don't necessarily lie, but if they'll if it'll help them in a certain situation without any you know kavanas rose, any any bad kavanas, right? they'll they'll lie and okay, it's not the end of the world. Right? It's not such a big deal. Uh, right? They'll just uh, they'll just throw in something, right? A little bit extra. Right? And no one's getting hurt on it. I mean, you'll get a little bit of benefit, but it's, again, it's a form of shekhar. Right? Dvar shekhar yisnet tzadik. Right? It's a quote of the Mishnah. That a kosh baruch right, hates, uh, a tzadik should hate falsehood, should hate shekhar, should hate uh, lying. Just like kosh baruch It's against a kosh baruch The chosem shal kosh baruch hu emes. Kosh baruch seal right, is truth. Right, that's uh, now again when you Kosh Baruch was Kulo truth, right? That not my, now we have that that word truth nowadays is like a almost like a catchphrase in America, right? There's, there's my truth, there's your truth, right? There's that's, there's no objective truth, right? But but according to the Torah and, and Jewish thought, that there is objective truth. There's a Kosh Baruch Hu's truth, right? That's it. Period. Full stop. There is only truth. That Hashem is Chos Moshe Kosh Baruch Hashem's seal is truth. Right? Falsehood is the opposite of that, right? A friend of mine. Likes to say the only difference between he likes to say he, he said once and I remembered it he doesn't like to say he said, a friend of mine said this line and I love it so much the only difference between fiction and politics is that everyone knows that the authors are lying right everything is lying nowadays everything is false and everything is true is 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 far from truth and the pasuk says right just like we uh, we spoke by Arayos that you have to, there are certain harchakos right we the, you have the phrase. Uh, the Ramchal here emphasizes it doesn't say, I'm just trying to find it in the text. 
Uh, one second. Yeah, on page I and Hay, on the, on the first paragraph, um, he says, uh, it says, Mitzvar Shekhar Tirchak. A person should distance themselves from lies, from falsehood. Now, we, we spoke about Arayos, where the phrase Harchakos comes up, you guys are getting close, right? but by, uh, when a person gets married, so the halachas of Nida, right, there are certain Harchakos that a man and woman uh, have to separate, not only physically, but also in certain endearing types of things, you know, past things, uh, just a, in one example. So the, re- the reason there are halachos called Harchakos, that's to distance a person from each other, and that's on purpose, right? When when a bia is usher, when being together is usher, so there's extra, right? Harachakos, trying to distance ourselves from that. Same thing by sheker, right? It doesn't say sheker tishamer. It doesn't say guard yourself from falsehood. It says tirchak, distance yourself from falsehood, right? Stay far, far away from it, right? Run away from it, right? There needs to be a clear distance from lying and falsehood, and unfortunately, we don't put that distance between ourselves and it often enough. Uh, Rav Mel told a story about the Chavetz Chaim. He said his son went, once went to Yerushalayim, and unfortunately, by that point, uh, there was already a lot of politics going on in Yerushalayim. I'm not sure what by what, but uh, Pasha says between the families that lived there already. Uh, and the Chavetz Chaim's son came, and the first night he was there, somebody knocked on his door and said, "Oh, don't get involved with this." And so the next night, someone else knocked on his door and said, "Oh, don't give, don't get involved in that guy." And then he left, and he couldn't handle it because there's, there's no, there's, he couldn't deal with the politics, he couldn't deal uh, with the lying. The Ramchal quotes Pesach and Svanya. It, it's simply not Jewish to have these types of qualities, right? To have these lying. Sheri right? Yisrael, right? Am Yisrael, but whatever's left of Am Yisrael is a sad way of saying Am Yisrael. Lo Yasu Avla, right? Should not do. It makes sins. Lo Yidabru Kazov, Lo Yimtze Befiem Lashon Tarmis. I shouldn't find any deception, right? It's not Jewish to lie. Period. Full stop. Right? Hashem's seal is truth, right? Imagine, you know, Lahavdil Elef Afel Delos. The house flags in Harry Potter, or in Game of Thrones, or in, let's let's say a holier setting, right? The Jewish flags in the, in the tribes in the desert, right? A flag is what defines you, right? A flag, a semel, uh, is what defines every country as a flag. That's like supposed to be like the essence of that country. Kosh Baruch Hu's flag and seal is truth, is emes. So being at Salam Elokim and Eved Hashem tr- requires tremendous dedication, and very often we have a, you know a tendency to lie and rationalize lying because okay it's it's a lie that's necessary or the little white lie and sometimes it's mutter to lie. But as Ramchal writes, there are certain exceptions. Right, a Tamachacham the Gemara says is allowed to lie for three different things. Uh, is a, a person can lie for shalom, right? Famously, that of course Baruch Hu, uh, you know, ch- kind of changed the truth, so uh, there wouldn't be uh, any problems between Avram and Sarah for shalom bias. Okay, there are certain places where a person can lie, but if you uh, under again, one of the pillars of the world is shalom, right? So you can undermine MS for shalom. Okay, that's a really different discussion, but Tachlis is that, that there's a lot of rationalization, says the Ramchal, and we need Nikias in this area. We need to make sure that we're not. Uh, rationalizing and allowing ourselves to lie, uh, you know, in, in, in every circumstance. Okay, uh, moving on uh, in, other, uh, in other social situations, Ramcham moves on to Chil Hashem. This is a bit of a fascinating one, I thought. Um, right, Chil Hashem also has uh, a, lot of, a lot of details. Um, again, I'm trying to just go a little bit faster just so we can get, you know, get through the, 
get through the Perak Aleph. I'm on already page Ayin Vav, on the second paragraph over there. Uh, Chil Hashem also has a lot of details. And again, we mentioned, anytime something has details, people know you shouldn't be Mechal Hashem Shemayim in Farhesi. You shouldn't walk into the middle of Shul and start screaming obscenities at a Kosh Baruch Great, thank you, Shkayach. No one's doing that. But it has a lot of details. Right? And very often when there are details, that leads to rationalization. Right? A person is supposed to bring love to a Gosh Baruch right? A person has to be careful about the, the kavod for a Gosh Baruch not the opposite. Right? Everything we do, right, it has to be done with histaklus and avana, with, uh, with realizing that all actions have reactions. And there's a domino effect and a chain reaction. You've got to be able to look down the chain. And think about your behavior, right? Even if your attention is a kiddush Hashem, but it could lead to the opposite chas So that's something you have to think about. That that's something you, you shouldn't rationalize. Again, Perkei says right, in the third paragraph, Echad Shogig Vechad Mezid Bilchil Hashem. Even a Chil Hashem that's Beshogig, right? That's with negligence and not on purpose. Right? Is the same as a Chil Hashem that was done on purpose. Now, the Rambam at the end of the Yisurei Torah right, and, the, and the Gemara and Yuma over here that the Ramchal quotes. Right, defines Chil Hashem for us. And it's a very, very long discussion, and it's definitely not going to be limited to this. But how do you define a Chil Hashem? So the Gemara in Yoma says, right, has a bunch of list of a bunch of the, the personalities in the Gemara, and they all say, right, for me, this is a Chil Hashem. And one of the examples, for just to throw an example, one of them is, as Ramchal says, that if I, I would have bought meat on credit, and I didn't pay for the meat right away, that would be a Chil Hashem. That someone of my stature says the the Marayim, I don't know I forget uh, Rav it's Rav Rav said that if someone of my if I would pay on credit right that would be a chil Hashem. now okay for us obviously that's not for we're not supposed to take that literally but he's explaining and Rabbi Yochanan gave an example if you'd walk four amos without Torah and tefillin that would be a chil Hashem. what what the Gemara is trying to point out is that people on a level are expected right of of some, to be to do something. Now, when a person's on a certain level socially, right, in the, uh, I guess, in, I guess, looked at as, as a rav or role model, whatever it is, you know, female role model as well, certainly, doesn't have to be just a rav, right, there's a certain expectation that's set with such a stature, right? Even, and this is crucial, even if this is how people think of you, but you don't think of yourself, of this, meaning if you're a representation of orthodoxy, a representation of Yiddishkeit, and from Torah, and Yerush Shemayim, etc., even if you yourself feel like you're not, or that you're struggling, or you're, you're in a bad place, that's still how you have to act. Right? That's the level of Chil Hashem. Now, we have to, that's, that takes some soul-searching sometimes. Right? Just for example, I sometimes forget that I'm a rabbi. Not that I'm you know, running around, you know, like I said, cursing in El Shul, but sometimes I forget that there's a certain expectation that if I would do X, Y, and Z... People would not think less of me, but they'd be like, mm, "Really? Is that for you to do?" So, you, sometimes we have to t- take a step back and realize how we are viewed in other people's eyes, and that's the level we have to live up to. And because, again, according to the person's chachma, according to their own chashivos, even if they're not so down with that, the person has to be careful, right? If uh, you know, let's say, if, for example, the rav the shul, if he would talk during davening, or just to give random examples, if the rav the shul would talk during davening. Or he would look at his phone during Chazar's shots. Or he would come to Shul late. Or he would daven a really quick Shmonesrei. So that's a problem of Chil Hashem. Now, is his davening, let's say, for example, in a good place personally? Maybe not. But he has to view himself right, as, a, as a role model as such. The same thing with, with you guys. You go, you know, you walk around the neighborhood, right? You came back from Sam, or one year, two years, three years out. 
and you're living, walking, uh, you know, Kiddush Hashem, and you have to view yourself as such, right? If you don't, if you act like in a way that other people expect you to act, right, in a different, in a way that other people, what did I say? Whatever. If you if you don't act in a way that other people expect you to act, so that's in a certain sense undermining Kavod Torah. Yer Shemayim, right? They see someone who is learned, someone who has went to seminary, someone who is from, but they don't have the proper midos. Or for example, or whatever. So that's not only harming yourself, but it also causes uh, harm to the Torah and Kodesh Baruch Hu and Kavod Shemayim. There's no other, no greater chil Hashem than that, because the Torah is supposed to bring a person to perfection, right? Both in your actions and your characteristics, etc. That's the goal. Right? And when the Torah doesn't affect you and your midos, so there's no greater no greater chil Hashem than that. Okay. Um, moving on to the next page on, on page Ayin Zayin, he talks. The Ramchal mentions Shabbos and Yontif. That uh, we also mentioned this a little bit, but uh, Shabbos and Yantif have a lot of gray areas and places for us to rationalize. Certainly, you know, we know that Baruch um, Hashem, we know striking a match is Asr on Shabbos, but as the Ramchal points out over here, there are a lot of Durabanans. Right? There are a lot of Durabanans now, and even within Durabanans, right? We know that there's such a thing as Mukta, but there's some Durabanans we're not as familiar with. Right? And we mentioned already earlier that in the Sakta, Durabanans are like a fence in front of a huge cliff. Right? They're not to be disrespected. They're, they're, they're real, real protections for us. As Gemara says in the Chagiga, don't let the Durabanans uh, be Kalbi Necha, be light in your eyes, because all tons of Dapim of Gemara right, are based on uh, Durabanans. Right? There is so much, so much Gemara dedicated to uh, Erevin. The whole sentence Erevin is, is basically how do you take a Din Durabanan and, and make it into a place where it's mutter to carry on Shabbos. Uh, there are a ton of pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of Shas talking about Dinam Durabana. And even though we have all these halachas written down, even though you have Hilchah Shabbos written down for us, you have Shulchan Aruch, Shemir Shabbos, the 39 Balachos, the Great Book, there's still what to work on because unfortunately we don't treat these Durabanas with proper respect. The, Ramchal, the, the examples that Ramchal gives is Daber Davar, uh, where else does he have over here? Mimzuch Hefzecha, uh, and uh, basically the way that we carry ourselves, right, there's a Pesach in Sheyo, right, that you should be honor Kosh Baruch Hu in the way that you carry, conduct yourself, the things that you talk about, right, the way you walk, the way you speak, right, and that is something that is also a person perhaps is not necessarily so, so, uh, so, uh, so conscious of, right? We know the phrase, uh, Nishka Shabbos Garet, I'm not supposed to talk about that on Shabbos, so there's, I don't know, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I think I'd butcher it. Yiti, you could probably tell me, because you actually speak Yiddish, and I don't really know what I'm saying. But there's a classic Nishka Shabbos Garet story, some form of fashion that everybody said, you know, everybody says, oh, Nishka Shabbos Garet, I'm not going to talk about that on Shabbos. So guy in Shul turns to the guy behind him and says, Nishka Shabbos Garet, I'm planning on selling my car. So the guy behind him comes to his wife and says, oh, Nishka Shabbos Garet, how much should we, should we offer for the car? So the wife says, Nishka Shabbos Garet, we, we, we can offer such and such amount. So the guy comes back to Shul from Mincha and says, Nishka Shabbos Garet, I'd like to make you an offer. So the guy, of course, in front of him says, Nishka Shabbos Garet, I already sold it. Uh, uh, yes, okay, you shouldn't talk about it on Shabbos, and unfortunately we're not serious about that. We, we talk about a lot of things all the time. Uh, and, and the Pazik says, right, Dindra Banan, you should not have the same way you talk on Shabbos, should not be the same way you talk during the week. The same thing, the things you think about, the things you uh, discuss uh, should be different. Right? You shouldn't talk about uh, things you're preparing for Matzah Shabbos, even if all that work is being done after Shabbos. Buying that stock and making that investment. Again, people rationalize because, okay, it's not really an iser. It's not really an action. What am I doing? I'm not doing any action. It's not on Shabbos, Chas Shalom. It's after Shabbos. Okay, so people rationalize. But unfortunately, right, that's inappropriate to plan out the th- those things. And uh, you know, Ram Khal says you have to strengthen yourself to not to rationalize with that. Um, 
So moving over to page Ayin Ches, and he said, it says, really, again, as we mentioned earlier, that Nikias applies to every Isser, right? That making sure you don't rationalize it and pulling yourself out from these discussions and halachic kind of, uh, kind of trying to figure out whether something's mutter or asr, it applies to everything, right? But, right, he pulled out a couple examples that a person has uh, serious netios towards, serious, uh, you know, issues and, and personal uh, investments in, and, and then he, uh, and, and that's what he's he's been listing uh, up until now. Um, and, you know, and most, almost every halach has room for rationalization. Um, he quotes a pasuk in uh, in Shira Shirim uh, that he uh, um, says over here that uh, basically that just like the Bnei Israel are tsanua, uh, that's what uh, what helped them in the war against in Midian. Right, if you remember from Parshas Matos, uh, he quotes also that, that uh, the Bnei Israel were able to to win the war against Midian uh, not because necessarily of Tsnios, but because of Nikios, because they were careful in the details. Right, Ravuna explained that it was because of because uh, of Nikios. Uh, what 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 specific Nikias is there? So he explained that the reason that Bnei Israel won the war in Midian is because Bnei Israel were careful about the details, right? They were makped either according to the Medrash that they didn't put on the tefillin shel rosh before the tefillin shel yad, right? They made sure to put the tefillin on in the appropriate manner, or as the Yushami says, they didn't speak between Yishtabach and Yotzer Or. Um, between uh, Yishtabach, right, if you write in Shachris, right, there's Yishtabach, and then there's the Bilkar's Kriyashma, the person didn't speak between those two things. The question is why the Ramchal chose those two areas, and Rav Miller explained it, because those are also gray areas. There are also details within those tiny halachos, right, even within the halacha of putting on your tefillin in the right order, or not speaking between Yishtabach, which is the end of uh, Pesukah de Zimra, and Yotza Ora, which is the first Baraka in Bilkar's Kriyashma, even there are, gray, there are even gray areas over there. Because the, the Shulchan Aruch says in, in Hilchus Tefillin that if a person accidentally touched the Shal Rosh first, they should put it aside and, 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 and put on the Shal Yad, meaning the hand Tefillin before the head Tefillin, even if they touch the head Tefillin first, because even though it, it's violating the issue of Mavir and all the mitzvahs, you shouldn't pass up a mitzvah for another mitzvah, um, still you should put, the, put it on first, meaning there are two competing uh, I guess this is probably not so relevant for you guys, so I'll, I'll just kind of go, <laughs> go through it quickly. There are two competing issues here. On the one hand, you touched your head tefillin first, so you really shouldn't pass up that opportunity to do a mitzvah. On the other hand, is an order to put on your tefillin. So you have to know the halacha, not rationalize and just say, oh, well, I guess I touched it, I might as well put it on first. No, there's, the halacha says that even within this kind of small, tiny thing, right, there's something, there's an order uh, at play here. Um, and also, even you know, just to explain between Yishtabach and Yotzer Or, uh, right, uh, there is certain scenarios where you're allowed to speak during davening, right? To get tzedaka, right? Let's say, for example, because you've finished that area of tefillah, you're finished Pesukah de Zimra, so the Shulchan Aruch says that you're allowed to give tzedaka between Yishtabach and Yotzer Or, between the end of Pesukah de Zimra and the beginning of Berchus uh, Krishma. But you can't really talk for other things, right? And that's your detail, meaning where where do you draw the line, right? For a mitzvah to get stuck at that, you're allowed to. But maybe to sell, tell someone their car lights are on, maybe to tell someone about an investment, right? How far do you extend? So a mitzvah, a person can really rationalize when you have all these details. So that's exactly, right? That's what uh, what he talked about. Okay. Now, um, we're just going to start this last section of Parakid Aleph. We're not going to do all of it. Uh, obviously, because we're already at the end, um, uh, at the end of our time, specifically. Uh, now the Ramchal moves on to Midos. 
Um, and if this seemed a little bit slow with all these details and different halachos, so hopefully this will be a nice, a nice change of pace and a little bit uh, fresh breath of air. Uh, he says, just like we talked about all these Yisurim that have a big Isser, Right, and then a lot of details, which a person tends to rationalize, and that's where we at, we need nikios. That's where we have to pull out our personal um, nitios, our personal attachments, and uh, uh, so that will de- try, hopefully not determine what to do based on that. Right, pull, pull ourselves out and view it through a third party. The same thing is true of midos, <clears throat> and we it requires says Ramchal in, in the third in the last paragraph on page Ein uh, Ches on page seventy eight, right even more Nikias for, for our, our midos than our actions. Because human nature right, affects a person's midos even more than their actions, right? Actions are almost a step removed from a person's natural inclinations, right? A person is naturally, you know, lazy, angry, etc. And by, by, based on that, then a person acts, right? But a person's own midos are directly affected right, by their personal uh, inclinations by the personal natia, right? Character traits are directly influenced by a person's nature, right? Everyone is born with a certain leaning and certain personalities in different directions. So the the actions come only in a second step, right? The midos themselves, right, are directly affected by that. So any war against your inner nature, right, if, if it's negative, Right is going to be a much more difficult one, and that's what the Ramchal writes. If you're at, I'm at the end of end of, the end of page Ayin Ches, any war that's against your actual actual human nature, right? It's a serious serious war, um, and that's what the Chazal said. Someone who is strong is able to overcome their inner 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 nature. Right? There's no heter for a person to say, "Well, this is how God made me, so what can I do?" That's not a thing. Right, Kosh Baruch Hu made a person angry, so you got to overcome that natia to be angry. A person made a gave a gave a person a natia, kind of his natural inclination is to steal, and so you got to fight that. Right? It says the Grand Mishlei, as Miller quoted, a person was put into this world to break your inner nature. So whatever your inner nature is, right, if it's negative, right, obviously if it's positive, you should use it for a positive. But if it's negative, a person is supposed to break that. And that's what we're dealing with over here. So that's what the Ramchal writes. There are tons of midos that a person has to kind of overcome. But just like he picked a couple of mitzvos, he's going to pick a couple of midos. And that's going to be, quote unquote, the big four. Not, I don't know why, if anybody calls it that, but whatever. Okay, fine. Gaiva, kas, kina, and taiva. Gaiva, arrogance, kas, anger, kina, jealousy, and taiva, desire. Right, again, as we said before, all of these, everybody knows, are bad midos. But, right, everyone, none of them are logical, right, none of them make sense, but yet we all have them, right, that everybody knows to be super angry and yell and scream and curse is also, but there's certain levels of anger that we have to deal with and that we, that we tend to rationalize, right, no one says it's okay to be lazy, in the grand scheme of things, but unfortunately, as we mentioned before, right, all of us are lazy to a certain extent, right? And even though there are many rainbows of levels within each midah, right, so we're going to have to talk about uh, each one. Um, and all of these four things, as explained Rav Miller, right, they, they they stem from what's called the anochiyut, from a person's own sense of self and ego and their own identity and chashivos. Uh, of of and thinking that they are more important, for example, than a kosh baruch right? Not not the anochi Hashem that I am Hashem, but the anochi, the I, the me, the ego, 
um, as the uh, Pesach says in Tvarim, right? Uh, Moshe is telling Bnei Israel that uh, he is recapping Maimon or Sinai. So the Pesach there says, Anochi omed bein Hashem v'neichem. Moshe says, I stood between you uh, and, uh, and, and Akash Baruch Hu. So all the Hasidic Rebbe's, I think it's quoted in the name of the Rebbe, the Kotzka Rebbe, but it could be others, and maybe they're, I'm not sure. But he says, Anochi, I, omed bein Hashem v'neichem. The I, the Anochi, the me, right? the ego, that's what stands between you and Akash Baruch Hu. And these areas, certainly, we have our own selves, right, to invest it in, uh, and we have a tremendous ability to rationalize, <clears throat> right? Everybody knows that these things are evil, but again, when, when a person, uh, you know, when you dig deeper, right, it's much harder uh, to, to, to stop doing it, right? Again, it, we're, it's very easy for us to see these midos in other people, but when it's within ourselves, and certainly when it's a detail within these midos, uh, it's much, much harder uh, to recognize. Uh, as he says over here, they're not, they're not actually logical if you would think about it objectively. Right? All of these four things, right? arrogance, anger, jealousy, and desire, and taiva, right? all of these things make your life worse. A person is not making their life better by being jealous, right? but right? this is what a Baruch Hu put inside of us. Right? Again, people, unfortunately, everybody who is has messed their life up anybody who's in jail is stemming from one of these four one of these four uh four midos um and he says it says how bad these midos are right right again just to quote at the end of this this paragraph on Duff, uh, page i and test and then we'll call it uh, for today he says about arrogance, what happens when a person is arrogant? You forget Hashem, because obviously you're thinking about yourself. Right? Kas about anger. So he quotes the Rambam writes, Kolakois, Yebe Nachakil over the Vodazara. Someone who gets angry is as if he worshipped the Vodazara. It says about Kina and Taiva by, by uh, jealousy and desire. Right? Mishnah says, Perkyevos, Akina and Taiva, Vakavod, Motsi, and Asa Adamila Olam. They take a person out of this world. Right? But, as Ramchal says, we have to study them because even though sometimes it seems obvious that you shouldn't be angry, jealous, etc., digging deeper, um, is uh, you know is uh, is something that we can certainly uh, certainly fall prey to, and the chiddush is in the details, right? Just like we did by the Yisurim, we're also going to have to dig a little deeper by the midos, and Mitzvah we will do that next week. Um, have a great night, everybody, and Mitzvah uh, we will uh, see you on Thursday for Parshas Ki Seitzei.